Welcome to the Good Courage Podcast. I'm Jay Gamlin. I'm just back from vacation, so I'm thinking about this big, heavy theological word we call Sabbath. And I'm thinking about how maybe when we think about Sabbath, we think about it as rules about not working, but maybe it's much more about discovering life and purpose. And so let's take a little deep dive in what we mean by Sabbath. But first, here's a little moment of gratitude. So as you'll hear in this podcast, my family just got back from Hilton Head Island, and um, I want to give thanks to um, a particular burger that I ate while I was in Hilton Head. We found this restaurant in Hilton Head called The Char Bar, and The Char Bar uh, is just a single restaurant. It's They're a part of a restaurant family, but it's just a single restaurant, and we found it two years ago, and while we were there we ate the best burger of our lives. Um, it was so good. We came back this year, and uh, I guess last time we were there, it was right after, right towards the end of COVID, so there wasn't a lot of people there. It was kind of quiet and traveling, so we just walked in. We walked in this time, they're like, do you have a reservation? We're like, no, and they're like, it's gonna be an hour and a half. That's how popular this place has gotten and how good their burgers are. Let me tell you about the burger that I got. It's called the Wagyu Wine Jam Burger. Um, They use a Wagyu beef blend. Wagyu is sort of, think of Kobe beef, um, but I think it's the American version of the Kobe beef where like it's a very particular kind of care for the cow that makes a very succulent and rich blend of beef. And it's mixed, I don't know with what, they call it a beef blend. So I think often they like mix it maybe with lamb and pig or who knows, I don't know, but it was, it's, it's this outrageously luscious and delicious burger. And then the wine jam, don't think like strawberry jam. It's like, almost like a bacon and um, rich wine sauce and it had a little bit of vegetable on top and this kind of other white sauce with it. I'm telling you, it is so drop dead good. My, my, my mouth is watering as I eat and my whole family says it's the best burger they've ever eaten. So I am so thankful that I discovered the Wagyu Beef Blend Wine Jam Burger at Char Bar. And if ever you are in Hilton Head, trust me, go to Char Bar, order the Wagyu Beef Blend and I think you will not be disappointed. Thank you, Charbar. Thank you, Wagyu Beef. Thank you, cows who died to make me happy. So today I thought uh, I would talk a little bit about Sabbath and what we mean by that. I think this fits into what we've been thinking about with seasons and fruitfulness and pruning and what do we actually mean by Sabbath? I just got back from vacation. I spent two weeks at Hilton Head Island with my family, and we it's just one of our favorite vacations. We do very little. We don't rent a car. We have a little condo that's right off the beach that has three bedrooms, and uh, all four of our kids were with us, and we don't even, we just kind of hang out. We don't really have a whole lot of plans other than to eat at some of our favorite restaurants, number one. Uh, just listen to Thankful For again. That char bar bur- burger is just like ridiculous. Uh, there's also a great place called The Sandbar and it has good um, seafood and such like that. There's another place uh, we like to eat. And then just Mellow Mushroom Pizzas down there. It's one of our favorite pizza places. So we just like to go out to eat. But the days are really like get up when you feel like it. 
when you're ready go out to the beach when you're done being at the beach come home when you want to jump in the pool relax and hang around eat when you're hungry sleep when you're tired and it's it's very 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 restful now you're probably thinking immediately that this is probably some kind of sabbath that it's that sabbath is really about vacation and not doing your employment and that's really not what we're talking about when we talk about sabbath the idea of sabbath isn't really just about vacation or taking a nap or sitting in your backyard or it's really about not doing in fact sabbath is actually a doing venture sort of like we were saying in our seasons and when we talk about waiting that that waiting is actually active and not passive so sabbath is actually active and not passive so let's let's talk a little bit and think about what we mean when we talk about sabbath so let's just start by defining and thinking about where this idea of sabbath comes from so sabbath uh, comes from a word in Hebrew, uh, Shabbat, and uh, basically means to stop, to cease, to rest. Um, it means like to put uh, to put things down, to to uh, to, to to just uh, let yourself be for a bit. Uh, traditionally, they uh, the the idea was that the Sabbath day was on the seventh day of the week. So, in the traditional Hebrew sense, this was on Saturday. And the Hebrew days started at sundown, not sun up. So it was sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. This came from the um, the the poem in Genesis, where on the seventh day it said God rested, God ceased, God stopped, and so that had been the traditional place where, uh, in the the Hebrew tradition, they they would rest. Uh, there's been a lot of interpretations about what rest means. Uh, and uh, they've from very very strict to not as strict as to what they define and determine as rest so in the strictest sense for instance um, uh, it was it was not okay for people to take up arms on the sabbath and so in the maccabean revolt uh, a group of jews were slaughtered because they refused to pick up weapons to defend themselves from the Romans because it was a Sabbath. And so that was a very strict interpretation. Uh, I remember when I visited Israel, they there was conversation about, you know, you can't drive, uh, which was pretty obvious. And so some people would yell at people driving on the Sabbath. Uh, some the you know more uh, strict interpreters would yell at the less strict interpreters that they were driving on the Sabbath. Uh, and then there's like some, I, I've heard, this is just rumor, what I've heard is like things like you can't touch an elevator button, you can't push the elevator button, that's considered work. So there's like, so there's a wide variety of interpretations of what that is. Uh, a lot of these interpretations come from, um, and, and how they kind of understand these come from uh, a resource in the Hebrew tradition called the Talmud. Uh, the Talmud is a also another set of writings uh, second only to the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew Bible being uh, uh, Genesis through uh, Maccabees. Well, I, I don't know if the Maccabees are in the Hebrew Bible or not. That's a good question. Anywho, so maybe it's not. Maybe it's just through Malachi. So anyway, uh, I, I should have paid more attention to that. It just shows you how culturally obtuse I can be sometimes about other religious cultures. So please take a moment and learn from my... Uh, 
uh, ignorance and go find out what exactly is the official Hebrew Bible. I will do that as soon as I'm done here. Anyway, the Talmud is sort of uh, a written compendium of two different kind of books, one called the Mishnah, one called the Gemara. The Mishnah is sort of like taking the, this is how I would define it. Again, I could be a little off. Uh, it's sort of collecting the oral traditions around the, the Bible and sort of um, uh, using uh, story and parable as well as uh, kind of highlighting ways in which to interpret different passages. Uh, the Mishnah is uh, uh, its actually just a fascinating book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's really cool. And then the Gemara is more a little more scholar, scholarly and a little more about definition about what work and things like that look like. And so using that, they would sort of define uh, what was considered work. Uh, in more orthodox uh, Jewish traditions, that's the more conservative, has one view. Uh, that you know, so they traditionally meet on Saturday. Most in uh, of the Jewish traditions I'm aware of meet on Saturdays as their gathering, and you know when you're not working, then it became uh, a place of that worship was often coordinated. So um, a lot often uh, people would use what they would call the Sabbath as the day of worship. Now it's not strictly defined in the Bible that the the that Sabbath has to be the day of worship. It's never been defined as that. Uh, instead, it's just a day where they typically would worship. Um, and uh, But there's many other days that aren't just the Sabbath that they would also gather. And so uh, just typically that became the more common day to gather for worship. Uh, reformed, there are some reformed traditions, uh, Jewish traditions that do meet on Sunday. Uh, I have no idea why, but I just know that some groups meet on Sunday, which is interesting. Um, so there, so the idea that Sabbath has to be on Saturday for the Hebrew tradition isn't um, set in stone um, fully throughout the Jewish tradition. In the Christian tradition, it became the tradition to make our day of Sabbath as Sunday. Um, that came out of the uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on the first day of the week. On uh, So, you know, the the days of the week, Sunday through Saturday, those are the seven days. And then on the first day of the week, Jesus was risen. So that was Sunday. So uh, that became the traditional day that we worshiped. Uh, there are some sects and groups and churches in the Christian tradition that still worship, like for instance, Seventh-day Adventists believe that we were commanded to worship um, on the seventh day as the Sabbath. Uh, that comes from some New Testament writings where it says that the, uh, that the the Christian leaders that they still met in the synagogue and they met in on the Sabbath, but it wasn't it. It's never defined in the Bible that they only met on the Sabbath and that was the day of worship. It just said that was one day that they did go to the synagogue and gather for worship. Uh, so some, but uh, Seventh Day Adventists are pretty strict about that and uh, would would say that we are incorrect to be worshiping. That other groups would be incorrect to worship on Sunday. So that's just a little bit of that kind of background. So that became for most people the day to gather for worship. Um, and so the idea is that we rest and 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 uh, connected with that over time became the sense of gathering for worship and community. That became the idea of Sabbath. Uh, I, I think most people, when they think of Sabbath, they think of it as, like I talked about before, a nap, laying down, reading a book, 
and and those things can be a part of Sabbath. Let me be clear that that it is about not working, about about putting things down, and allowing yourself to let go of uh, things so that you have space and margin in your life. I think it is a beautiful rhythm uh, given to us through the Hebrew tradition, through the Abrahamic faith uh, tradition, that we have a day when we are called to to just rest and not to work. I know in Germany, when I lived there, Sunday was still culturally really held as a day of Sabbath. Very Most uh, stores were closed on Sunday. Uh, I, I remember we were mowing the yard once and got yelled at by a neighbor because we weren't supposed to mow the yard because it was loud and, dis- and disturbing to the people around her and we're supposed to be resting on that day. Uh, you would see people walking that day everywhere, people going for long walks and, and hiking. And it was really interesting. This was not connected there with, uh, with religion, but really it seemed to center more on family, that the, the Sundays were the days when they'd gather and they'd eat and they'd walk and they'd connect and they would uh, put aside work for a little bit so that they could make connections with one another. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I'd never seen a culture sort of adopt that so clearly. Uh, closest that we have is is Chick-fil-A, which uh, famously does not work on Sundays. And I, you know, they give up a lot of income and a lot of, so, you know, props to them for at least for that, if I don't agree with all of Chick-fil-A politics. But I like that they give their entire company a day off uh, and don't become just a slave to profits, but instead say, let's let's not have that happen. So I hope they hang on to that forever. I love that idea. I, I think it's definitely worth it. I, I know a lot of the breweries around Denver usually pick a day off. Usually it's an off day, more like a Monday or a Tuesday, but a lot of them will be closed on an, just on an all-day thing, which I think is, again, healthy. Why is it healthy? Because we're discovering more and more in our culture just how important and critical rest is. So let's talk about how critical that is uh, in just a moment. First, uh, I would love for you just to sit back and relax. I didn't, I said relax weird. Sit back and relax and just chill for a moment as you listen to a little Tony Anderson. just make you feel a little bit better about the universe and everything going on in it 
yeah, what is that all about? Why does listening to something chill like that and breathing, why does that affect us mentally? Let's let's dive into that just a little bit right now. And again, that was Tony Anderson, a piano sonata that he has called Butterflies. Uh, check out Tony Anderson. He's uh, just one of my favorite sit back and chill music artists. So there is definitely a lot of research right now around how important it is that uh, we figure out how to rest. Uh, I've been uh, reading some interesting articles. There was an article that got sent around, if you follow me on Facebook at all, you might have seen it posted there, uh, talking about the, uh, what it said, the kind of undisclosed reason why people are leaving church. And the undisclosed reason is it's it's sort of let me if I could summarize the article it's two things one is it's just kind of like well church is just kind of meh I like it you know I get that and the other is really uh, what I what it said something fascinating that I think relates to a little bit of the Andrew Root stuff we talked about in faith in a secular age but a, a term that I like that they called it workism which is sort of like the new religion of of our secular culture where work is such is of such a high value that uh, we sort of prioritize work above all things and uh, we have a hard time just not working <laughs> we we feel like we always have to be productive this is like one of the constant battles that t and i fight with uh, uh, within us we aren't always great with just kind of sitting still. And when we go on vacations like this, we found that we have to go like we did at Helton Head. We find we, we have to do two weeks because it takes us a, fir- a, a whole first week to stop working so hard without trying so hard, without always be thinking about what's next and the energy it takes to say, what what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we doing it? What, what's next? What's next? And uh, in the sense that like, and then when we think of work as, you know, our vocation, what we, our, 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 our work is our calling or as our jobs, you know, we, we tend to just work till we drop. Uh, we don't uh, reward work very well in our culture in North America. Uh, we, in other countries, you know, it is mandatory that people get at least four weeks off many folks get six to eight weeks off and yes they're just as productive as we are in the u.s we we have this like sort of uncommon we this non there's no good research that says if you work an extra two weeks a year you you accomplish so much more than if you took four weeks off instead of two weeks or if you work six weeks you know if you took an extra four weeks there's not a lot of research that says we actually improve but yet in our brains and our thoughts we're like no we have to be doing we have to be going and so the idea of workism is that when we get to sabbath when we get to rest we're either a too busy to rest or b we just sort of drop dead and we sort of fall down and and rest really becomes a collapse uh, so here's the first idea that I want to define when we talk about rest. Uh, some people define rest then as really uh, what I would call a, a, a less functional definition of rest is more about escape than it is about rest. It's about distraction. 
instead of rest. And so, you know, what some folks think rest is, is, you know, they pick up a book and they sit in the backyard. Now that's great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That is, that can be very restful for some people, but sometimes that book can be a modus operandi to distract yourself from the things that you're trying to rest from, as opposed to living with and dwelling with and dealing with and pondering where we're at. And we'll get to more on that later. I, I know I, I see a lot of um, young men, in particular young men, but also young women too, but in particular young men who uh, use and abuse video games as a matter of distraction from their problems that they turn into an artificial environment and problem solving in, uh, in another environment rather than dealing with their own things. Uh, or they just use, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're distracting themselves. They're escaping from their issues. They're escaping from the things they're thinking about and doing as opposed to dealing with it. So, so if, so what do you mean? You're, you're probably asking, so what do you mean by dealing with it? So I think, a better way to understand what Sabbath is uh, really about is Sabbath isn't so much about uh, resting from our work. It's not about just taking a day off from your job. Uh, it's it, it's more than um, turning on the video game binge watching something on Netflix. Again, I'm not trying to shoot these things down and saying into that duality of never do these things, but that's not the fullest sense of what we understand Sabbath to be. The reason why Sabbath is so interesting as a day, let's say for worship or for in the Hebrew tradition, gathering around a meal on Friday night and uh, reciting the benediction and, and, and being together as family is that the work of rest, the, the, the effort of Sabbath is actually helping us reintegrate ourselves. And the work that happens there is that we are called to use that space as a holy space. Now that's what the, the, the energy of the Hebrew scripture and the, uh, the Ten Commandments, you know, let's just take that where it says, you know, keep the Sabbath, it says holy. It's not keep the Sabbath and don't do work. It's about creating a holy space. Now, we've already talked about holy um, and what that word means, which is, you know, uh, a place that is sacred, a place that you are dwelling in um, bigger things than just the mundane every day. And so there's something to Sabbath that is about dwelling in a space where you are reintegrating yourself as a person. So that might mean you're reading books, but maybe it's using a book to help you uh, work through what you're thinking about, what you're feeling about. Maybe a good use of Sabbath is a good day to see your therapist, uh, to, to gather as a small group and reconnect and reintegrate in community. Uh, Sabbath can be a day of um, spiritual practices. And some of these spiritual practices can even look like work, going on a hike, being in nature. We talked already in a previous podcast how incredibly um, um, mind-blowingly beautiful um, being in creation, in nature, uh, being outside, and what it does to our neurological patterns and, 
pathways and the benefits emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually that being in nature does. Uh, dwelling outside, but but doing it quietly and being um, maybe not using it as a distraction, but to sit and process and ponder. It's a good time to gather with uh, a small group to pro- to work through and to, to process through some of the things that we're doing and not using that small group as just another job to get done this week, but really leaning into saying it's in this space that I'm going to reintegrate myself. What I mean by reintegrate myself is seeing myself as a whole person, as a person physically, as a person mentally, as a person emotionally, and a person spiritually, and and finding a place where all of these come together. It's why I think there's so much value to having worship on the Sabbath because there's the idea of worship isn't just, you know, we owe something to God so we've got to show up and do something for God. The the idea of worship is to remind ourselves who we are and whose we are, to remind ourselves our calling and life and vision and purpose to reconnect us in a very intentional way with the divine uh, vision for the world to remind ourselves what we're called to do and be and allow that work to actually transform us, to change us, uh, to, to do the work within us so that we're saying, oh, that's right. What I am called to do in my job, I'm learning from my Sabbath. I'm learning about my purpose and how this is calling me to lean into my job. I'm calling, I'm learning how my resting is uh, bringing my work life and my Sabbath life back together, re-integrating my mental, emotional, and physical energy and with my spiritual energy. It's reminding me of that purpose. Sabbath is, is really about finding uh, and reconnecting to that thing that gets you up every morning and says, this is who I am and this is what I'm called to be. So that Sabbath is not resting from our work it's actually working from our rest it's resting in such a way that we're reigniting and reconnecting to the deepest you that you are so that when you enter into whatever space you're entering into whenever your sabbath is over whether that's sunday or monday or tuesday or whatever it is you're saying I know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing here. And I know that I am living into uh, the, my, my vision and hope and purpose. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean like my job is exactly that. But maybe it's like, oh, that's right. I'm here about community and caring for people. So as a nurse, you know, I might really struggle with some of the stresses. And this is a wake-up call and reminder that these are people and not problems. And I can, I can reconnect with caring for and loving and supporting the people that, I'm, that are in my in my uh, care Uh, or you know if you're a plumber you it's not about saying to yourself oh you know I just it's a job I just got to get it done Uh, you know but saying I'm I'm providing a service of which I feel capable that I feel good at doing that I feel knowledgeable that I walk into people who um, might be stressed and I can help and support them and do what I can to give them the best service possible so that so that they feel like something's been fixed and I can feel like my purpose has been fulfilled. So it's really about reintegrating that self so that you're reminded as to why you're working to begin with. It's not distraction. It's not escape. It's not, uh, it's not just trying to get away for a minute. There is a beautiful piece of that 
that uh, is about deeply connecting to ourselves. Uh, let me uh, share a little bit about what I did on my Hilton Head retreat that was really healthy for me and helped me um, in my vacation to make this more than just sort of forgetting about work for a little bit, but instead helping me reground myself so that I can come back and ready to work. But first, I'd love to share a little song by my favorite brand, band in the universe. This is Elbow, and this is a little B-side that they put out a long time ago, which I thought um, was a really kind of fun way of of thinking about rest. And I, I, I see this lead singer singing this little call to his lover and saying, hey, just lay down your cross. And let, let, let's just be lazy for a day. And, it's not the fullest sense of what we're talking about here, but I thought it fit perfectly. So uh, check out this song called Lay Down Your Cross. Lay down your cross, cross off your day. Lay it in, lay it in. was Elbow, my favorite band in the universe. I love them so much. Uh, I have this great memory of T and I going to go see them on this square in front of this beautiful church outdoors in Switzerland. And just, and it was a sit down concert. Old people, you feel me, don't you? Yeah, sit down concerts are the best. 
Uh, but I love them. Uh, they're so great. I really recommend. If you want a place to start with them, uh, go uh, start with the Seldom Seen Kid album. It's such a great album. It won the Mercury Prize in uh, in uh, Great Britain. And if you're wondering like who Elbow is, I hope I haven't heard of them. They're huge in England. They're not big here at all. They're huge in England. Uh, but you probably did hear them during the London Olympics. It was Elbow playing all the music as all the people were coming in during the Parade of Nations. That was Elbow. And Elbow was the one who wrote the the Olympic song. So yeah, you've heard them before. Surprise. So go check out Elbow. They're the best. So let me just share a little bit of what Sabbath looked like for me on Hilton Head Island. Uh, it was a different kind of re- uh, vacation uh, in that, you know, it's the first time we've been on vacation with a college kid who had a different kind of idea of what vacation looked like for him. And it felt much more like it was me and Tia and Eden and then Jude and Roman and Abel. And that there was this sort of, uh, not a divide, like an emotional, like we were angry with each other, but like Tia and Eden and I were on the same page about going to the beach and playing and going for walks and all of that. And the boys were much more just sort of sitting around a little bit more and a little more restful. And so we'd be like, hey, who wants to go to the beach? No, I don't want to go to the beach. Hey, who wants to go for a walk? Uh, so it was like, you know, we so it was a little more quiet and alone time. Um, one of the mornings, uh, I went out and Tia went with me and we were together and it was great. I loved it. Uh, but I, 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 I was processing some stuff for my work, uh, from my, my call and my, what I'm thinking about uh, serving at the community that I do and thinking about what I'm called to this coming year and why did I get into this job to begin with? And what, what am I doing here? Um, not as a crisis, but just I had the sense that I, I, I wanted to dig into that a little bit. And so first I sat, I pulled my chair out. I took, I unplugged and I sat with my feet in the water and pulled my little folding chair up and um, spent some time just breathing through a little bit of what I was feeling in my body and thinking through what was how how I was feeling in my body and where was where was I feeling uh, release and ease and where was I feeling tightness and maybe anxiety or a little bit of discomfort and breathing into those spaces and allowing those spaces to open up and then asking you know what is what is these spaces and so th- my anxieties popped up uh and as i was as i was asking those to be released uh there was a big sense of my own anxiety about being successful about leading something and doing it well and wanting to be successful uh i'm an enneagram seven uh that has some wonderful gifts and some wonderful challenges some of the things that we do well uh we can ideate we get excited we move forward we see the best in things we are, can be very detailed about our future. We can, um, we can uh, bring people along. People like to have us around. Those are all good things about being a seven. Uh, one of the downsides about being a seven is follow through and being consistent and making sure that we're, we're uh, well, consistent is the best word I can think of, just that we are taking what we've already started and not just jumping onto the next good idea, but but following through and seeing that forward. So 
processing that part of me and being aware of that part of me, of what I'm not good at, resting into my anxieties about can I lead well in that space of just continuing to move forward and becoming experts at what we've already started as opposed to starting a new program, which is what sevens can often do. We we get onto this groundhog day of uh, new ideas. Um, and when they get a little hard, we come up with a new idea rather than diving in and learning and growing and moving forward. And so I was really um, thinking about that part of me in my work. My next uh, part that I led myself through was a moment of just confessing and confessing uh, about maybe the people that I've hurt that I've not been consistent with, that they're, they've been frustrated with me and in my heart and my spirit asking for their forgiveness and uh, confessing the things I don't do well and um, understanding those things about me and uh, releasing those things into the divine mind, into the divine heart, uh, knowing that I was already loved and forgiven even before they were mentioned, but needing that exercise for myself more than I needed them for, for God, for the divine. And then saying, what now can I do to keep uh, my path moving forward and how can I lean into my strengths and gifts to do the things that I don't do well so how can I use my very things rather than trying to fix my problems how do I use my strengths to um, lean into what I need to do to grow and so I do get excited I do look forward to things I get very detailed about plans coming up in the future and I do um like that. So how can I reinvigorate that excitement for the same ideas and same things? How can I not let myself get down when um, some people pick up what I'm putting down and some people don't and some people come and some people go? So how do I lean into that rhythm? And how do I uh, open myself up into those spiritual gifts that I've been given of of excitement, of ideation, of calling people together, of having people feel good, and um, but also releasing them to do their own work and releasing them to be themselves in that work. And so, so I spent about 30 minutes to an hour kind of sitting by myself and processing this. And then I went and spent a little time with my wife and discussed what I'd been thinking about and what I'd been working on, uh, sharing with her uh, my... Uh, what I was doing. And so I didn't have to carry this alone. I could reconnect um, into my partner in life who makes me feel whole. And so it wasn't just a solo thing. It became a communal thing. And she just listened. Uh, she's a fixer. So when she'd try to fix, I would say, just hang on. Let me just process out loud. And, and she's also a huge Jay Gamlin loyalist. So she'd be like, no, you're the best ever. I'm like, no, I know there are things I'm not great at. And I, I need to be able to share those and be out loud about those. And so she was able to receive that. And so I was able to do that too. And uh, went home and spent some time on my phone journaling and making some notes and found myself becoming more excited about what uh, we have coming this fall and leaning into what will be and uh I've mentioned this before, one of the things I have to always do is die to success. I have to die to, to needing something to be successful in order to gain my worth, but instead to lean into the vision for what we're called to do and be, 
to lean into why we're about this and if it's successful if a lot of people come great if not it won't be because we didn't um, take up our cross of the vision not the cross of success and saying it is worth it for us to help kids feel safe feel seen feel loved feel the divine and so uh, it just re renewed my sense of purpose and vision and call to abiding hope all over again in a short few hours so that was a way that I used kind of my Sabbath time on my vacation. You know, I process, I continue to process and answer emails, and it gave me some new energy and lease for sure. But that was those few hours of a little time of Sabbath that helped me restill and still and reinvigorate my life. So, as we kind of wrap this up, my question for you is: Are you are you the kind of person that uh, sees Sabbath as escape, or do you see it as something that helps you renew and reinstill? your vision and purpose uh, what are the things that you can lean into that are helpful for your sabbath and what are things maybe that you've gotten into that as a sort of prescription that may not be helpful uh, binge watching netflix is great but when that becomes the usual or the normal maybe we need to take a little moment to say maybe this isn't help but this is just escape and distraction um, how do I create some other healthier rhythm so that I can still, I'm watching Loki right now, rewatching Loki. Love that show. It's a great, it's a great Marvel show. Most of the Marvel shows I'm not real big fans of, but Loki is just so intriguing and interesting. I really recommend it. So binge that one, but don't just look for the next show to binge, but think about what you're learning and growing. And, and so what habits can you create that help you use your time of rest as a holy space, as a Sabbath space? to reintegrate, to rediscover yourself and your purpose and to use them in a healthy way to help you grow and thrive. So that's it for the Good Courage Podcast. I'm Jay Gamlin. Thanks for listening. As always, please like and subscribe and review. It makes a big difference. And as always, the theme song is When You Go by the inscrutable Matt Fagan. Uh, you can reach me at The House of Good Courage. And until next time and next week, I wish you good rest and good courage. I wish you'd never go.